Welcome back to the Desert Springs Church Podcast. It exists to supplement the ministry and growth of the body here at Desert Springs Church. My name is Drew. I'm here with Chase. And as promised, we are doing this episode on demons and what the Bible has to say about demons and demon possession. And Chase, you mentioned in your sermon that we were going to try to do this. So um, you just preached from Matthew, the end of Matthew 8, where Jesus has an encounter with two demon-possessed men. Um, and as you mentioned in your sermon, we're just left with more questions than answers. Yeah. It's like watching an episode of Lost where you, you walk away with more, more questions than answers, and the answers you do get are really unsatisfying. Um, but uh, the Bible has, has a, a good bit to say about demons. And so I imagine as you were prepping for your sermon that there was a number of things that got left on the editing room floor that you would, if you had time to camp out and, and really sit down on this topic, that you would have wanted to talk about. So why don't we start there? What was one of the first things that you, you said, man, if I had time, I would have put this in the sermon before we get into more questions about yeah, well, demons? If you, if you look at the notes that I was putting together when I was, when I was getting ready, um, I, had, I had in a section uh, for my sermon outline, do a biblical theology of demons. So that was what I really hoped to have done if I had okay. more time, is to just kind of walk through from, you know, in biblical theology kind of meaning, uh, let, let's start from the beginning of the Bible and sort of work through what we learn about demons as yeah. the redemptive story unfolds. And um, I think that can kind of help us orient ourselves a little bit better when we come to the New Testament and we see things like demon-possessed men coming up. Matthew's not giving us any background on... Yeah, he doesn't... It doesn't give us a lot. No. No uh, mechanics. Um, some, some of the questions that popped up that you mentioned is, who are these guys? How do they get possessed? What what level of control do the demons have over them? What happened to them afterward? Right. Where do the demons go after the pigs all died? Right. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but Matthew's not interested in any of that. No, and he doesn't even say, where do demons come from? Yeah. What are demons? What are, you yeah. know, and, and some of that is because yeah. that knowledge would have been assumed. Well, when a mommy demon loves a daddy <laughs> demon very much. That's actually not how it works. No, okay. Not, not at all. All right, well, uh, see. Yeah, yeah, no. But, but yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff that, and even that, it's, there's not any one, you know, there's not a chapter of the Bible or a book of the Bible that just says, let me tell you everything that you need to know about demons. Let yeah. me give you a whole back. Yeah. We're really kind of, I mean, even the first appearance of a demon in the whole Bible is the serpent in Genesis 3, mm-hmm. which that alone, you, wait, where'd the snake come from all yeah. of a sudden? How can he talk? And why yeah. is he where, How did he get and, in the garden? Yeah, yep. what's, exactly. And so from the very beginning, the, the demons appear in the Bible, and, and we're kind of piecing these things together from snippets of, of details that the Bible gives us. And so it, it is kind of hard to... Um, concisely and clearly give yeah. a picture of what and then uh, And then a lot of the um, more detailed descriptions of demons and, and, and appealing back of the curtain, if you will, is in some of the more poetic or even apocalyptic uh, literature in the Bible, right. which we have to be cautious to, to take literally and say, oh, well, that's, we, should, we should then uh, write up a doctrine of demon, demonology based on Daniel yeah, 10 or something like that, that. That's exactly right. Or yeah. um, or Revelation 12 or yeah. uh, Ezekiel 28 with uh, the king of Tyre, you yeah. know, which uh, I think is about Satan, but it's really first talking about the king of Tyre and then kind of connecting it to Satan. And so mm. even those stories, it's like, okay, this is... Um, yeah. 
the, the author is trying to say something other than just giving us a theology of demons with that often. And so we have to, again, we have to yeah. try and systematize this as best we can when yeah. knowing that there's just limited data yeah. about it. Yeah, which I, I really appreciated what you said in your sermon um, when you said that the limited data we get in Scripture on the mechanisms of demon possession or oppression um, is probably an indication of how we have so little control over it. Yeah. Because what the point is, the point in in Matthew eight, and the point even when you when you look at the beginning of Job, mm. is is that God and Jesus, they have all authority and control over this realm. Yeah. Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth. Right. And one little word, he sends, he, he, uh, these demons have to do what Jesus tells them to do. Right. That's, that's kind of the main takeaway um, uh, for that, is that Jesus has control over this, we don't. Right, right. And it's really, that's quite fascinating that this is such a, a big deal in one sense, and in another mm-hmm. way, we learn so little about it. Yeah. And um, really, it's, it's almost if you can even think about it in Matthew chapter 8 and 9, like we have as much knowledge of how weather works and how to control it. But the point is that mm. we can't control the weather. We can't do these things. We are at the mercy of the weather, but God controls the weather. And it's the same with this, this spiritual realm. We have so little to do with it. You know, I was even thinking about uh, Joshua when the commander of the Lord's army is standing in front of him. And and, um, and I think that's a manifestation of God himself, but the mm-hmm. spiritual principle kind of still applies where uh, Joshua's like, are you with us or against us? And he's like, you don't even know what fight you're fighting, right? Yeah, like, yeah. like I'm I'm for the Lord. Okay, yeah. this is uh, this is not y- y- you little human. There's so much more going There's on here. There's so much more going yeah. on. Or... or um, is it Elisha's servant who's scared when their army, the, the enemy army, is sieging their city? And yeah. and he says, look, there's so many of them. And then Elisha's like, there's more for us than are against us. Mm. And the servant's like, what are you talking about? And then he prays that the Lord would open up his eyes, and he sees these angels, this whole army of angels yeah. that was there. And it's like, there's just so much more that we are so small in the grand yeah. scheme of this. And, um, and we should, when it comes to, we're talking about angels, but demons, of course, are just Fallen, other spiritual you know, beings, these yeah. these evil spiritual beings, um, that yeah, we we have no control over, and that can be really scary. Yeah, that, that ought to be really scary. That yeah, we're at the mercy of these things that can act on us, that have so much more power over us, except that Jesus has power over them. Yeah, and so it just should all the more drive us to hope in God, independence. Yeah, on his on his power, on the Lord's power over these things. But as Matthew chapter 8 indicates, and, and many, many people could testify in history, um, demons have some influence and effect on the physical material world. Yeah, right. we, have to, we, have to, we have to agree with that. Yeah, very much. I mean, the, the Apostle Paul says that. We wouldn't say Corinthians. that this is just a Bible times thing, no, no. that, that yeah, demons have stopped influencing, right. because it's easy for us in the West, Western, modern, enlightened, materialistic... Uh, naturalistic right. culture yeah. to say, well, if I can't see it, touch it, feel it, it's right. not real, and then we can have a very naturalistic uh, explanation for for things that very well could be uh, spiritually influenced. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's it's the exact same reason that it makes it harder for 
Western Americans to believe in God. Yeah. That we have uh, this this view of the universe that everything exists in this box in and there's nothing boxes. outside of the box. Uh, there's nothing supernatural or yeah. immaterial. It's just what we can see and touch. Um, but but yeah, that's that's not the view that the Bible lays out yeah. for us that there is. But you know, and you said that um, I think we in the West we can be prone to not consider the possibility of there being some supernatural element, some demonic or spiritual element to some trouble that somebody's mm-hmm. having. Um, but we also have to be careful not to think that we can diagnose that the way that Jesus can, because yeah. Jesus can see yeah. invisible things and that we can't. And so Jesus we, was perfectly led by the Spirit in every situation. Right. And he knew the hearts and the thoughts of men and, and so he knew yeah. he was able to diagnose with yeah. perfect precision every every time. Right. Whether it was a spiritual or a physical. Yeah. So it's ailment. interesting. Like you see these things in the New Testament and sometimes it's somebody that has a sickness mm-hmm. and the Bible's like they were sick. They had a disease yep. and, and that was their problem. Them. And he yep. healed them. Or they were they were blind because they were blind and he healed yeah. them. But then sometimes it's they were sick because they had a demon, yeah. or they were acting this way because there yeah, was a, a demon. A, and a spirit of deaf, deaf or dumb. Yeah, yeah right, and, a dumb, mute spirit that's and, in it, you know, and it's like, okay, Jesus well. Jesus doesn't correct that. He actually just cast out the demon. Cast out right? the demon. Right, and so it's like, well, how do we know if and it's, you know. And then he heals you know, the boy. Yeah. And so uh, I, I think that's just a caution for us to say everything's a demon, you know, that everything, mm-hmm. or yeah. to say this couldn't that, be a demon. That nothing's a demon. Yeah, yeah. and so... When, really, I think that just directs our prayers more. That when we're yeah. praying for these problems that people have, that yeah. we we might and and I think the Spirit can prompt for us like this. This is spiritual. This is a mm-hmm. demonic thing, and, yeah. and we should at least consider and pray that God, if this right. is a demon, please. Right. Yeah. If they're real and if they can affect can affect the material world, uh, then we should be uh, we shouldn't be. Uh, surprised, we shouldn't be caught off guard yeah. um, when when spiritual attacks come. Uh, Paul tells us in Ephesians six that we're not fighting a physical battle. Oh, Ultimately, yeah. Yeah. we're fighting a spiritual one. Right. So put on the armor. Yeah. Put on the right armor, which right. which uh, which are things that we can do, yep. we can control, um, but uh, but but all led by the Spirit and in His power. Yeah, not yeah. in our own. We can't go around in our own spiritual power, casting out demons and rebuking Satan and binding this yeah. and, and... And I think <laughs> and that's it. That. You know, that was stuff yeah. that uh, you, you asked about what made it didn't make it into the sermon. You know, I had lots of thoughts about how do we engage in that spiritual yeah. war and yeah. that spiritual warfare that people will talk about. And, and you know, I, I personally, I don't think... Uh, so people will argue, and we're going to get there in Matthew, that Jesus, who has this authority over sickness and over demons... Um, gives that authority to first to the apostles, and then yep. he gives it to this group of 70 disciples that he sends out, and he sends them out with that same authority that they yeah. can cast out demons. And a lot of people extrapolate from that that mm-hmm. that continues yeah. into the church today, that all disciples of Jesus have the same authority to go out and cast out demons and pray these things and do yeah. those things. Um, I don't hold to that view. I think that that was for that group of people it was, uh, we see these other things happening in the apostolic age in the book of Acts, but yeah. I think that that was all unique to that time. Yeah. Because again, it was, you know, it's not about those miracles. It's about what they point to, which is the reality of the kingdom. Well, we don't need mm-hmm. more evidence that the kingdom has arrived yeah. in the church. We, yeah. s- we have the scriptures mm-hmm. to tell us that, you know, so we don't need these other examples of not that God can't do those things, but the yeah. the kind of authority that Jesus gave to the apostles in that apostolic age 
we don't have that. So no, I don't think we go around in our own authority casting out demons, yeah. um, diagnosing and then casting out demons. I don't yeah, think that's our job. Uh, the book of Jude is really interesting where it, it kind of talks in, about some of this stuff and it talks about um, Michael. It's a, it's a weird verse, but it talks about Michael disputing with Satan. And Jude said... The archangel. The Michael, archangel yeah. Michael uh, disputing with the fallen angel Satan. And and it says, Michael didn't presume to speak a blasphemous word, but said, the Lord rebuke you. So Michael didn't rebuke Satan, but he said, the Lord rebuke you. Yeah. And I think that that's actually more of a model for us that we yeah. don't... It's, it's a little presumptuous for us to go around when I don't think Jesus has directly given us the authority to rebuke demons. So so set that mm-hmm. aside, that we don't go around and we cast out demons. But the Bible says that there's lots of things that we can do. Yeah, so what's a what's a proper response for a Christian in light of of spiritual uh, or demonic influence or... or yeah. yeah or and, I, and I think a lot of it has sex. to do with what we do, what we do ourselves. You know, so you mentioned Ephesians 6, that... There's this armor that we put on, mm-hmm. and then he tells you specifically what the armor is. It's thinking on your salvation. Yeah. It's walking in righteousness. It's mm-hmm. wearing the truth. It's yeah. holding on to the sword of the word of God, and yeah. that you're fighting against Satan with truth. You know, So Satan is the liar. Yeah. He's the deceiver, and you don't fight him by you know rebuking him. You fight him by knowing the truth more and more. And, you know, so this was, again, another point, like there's such a connection to biblical counseling and spiritual warfare because yeah. counseling is just knowing the truth to apply to lies that you're believing and really focused biblical counseling with a counselor is they're just really, really trained to have the right truth to apply to complicated situations. Mm-hmm. But all of us are supposed to speak the truth to one another. Yeah. And that's how we fight the devil. Yeah. Right. That the that's devil's right. lying to us. And we will be tempted to fall into some, you know, wrong belief about mm-hmm. whether God's goodness for us or what is or isn't sin. What does it mean to be righteous? Yeah. And we need other people speaking the truth to yeah. us. And you're stabbing Satan with a sword every time yeah. you speak the truth to each other. So I think that's, that's a right. really big one. That's right. Um, I think of the Lord's Prayer. I think of how we're, uh, Jesus um, uh, encouraged us to pray that that He would deliver us from uh temptation and from the evil one. Yeah. So I think Jesus is saying, ask God to deliver you from Satan and his work yeah. and, and his minions that would that would seek to devour you. Right. We know that's what Satan is seeking to do. And then James talks about resisting. Yeah. So there is there is an aspect that we should resist, that we should not um, be passive. Right. That we shouldn't open ourselves up to uh, spiritual influence. Uh, or satanic yeah. influence, which I which I do think is uh, walking in unrepentant sin, yep. doing what you know is unrighteousness, yeah. walking in darkness, and then especially, um, and this is the, this is all the crazy stuff when you like get into the biblical theology, because uh, Paul says that uh, sacrifices offered to idols are sacrifices offered to demons, and that's a that's, that's a really interesting concept about how false religion connects to mm. demons. Yeah. Um, and even, I mean, and we, we're saying demons. That's kind of a... It's a catch-all. A, it's a catch-all title. The same as when we say angels. Angels is, angels is probably not the clearest title to refer to these spiritual beings when they actually have different... So in Hebrew, there's cherubim and seraphim 
and then like the thing with the spinning wheels that Ezekiel sees in his vision. Like Ezekiel saw the wheel way up in the middle of the air. Is this a you real song? spiritual? Yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. Man, there's so many songs I don't know They're that great. are so. Anyway, um, there's different kinds of angelic beings, and the word angel yeah. means messenger. And so, the way that that term was used in the Bible was any one of these spiritual beings, of which there seemed to be a whole variety of different kinds. Yep acting as a messenger of God. Yeah. And and so we kind of just say an angel came, mm-hmm. but there's pro- probably different kinds. And you read the book of Revelation, there's really big angels, and there's angels that do this, and angels do that. They have do different that. jobs. They yep. have different jobs. They, have, they look different. They do different things. So we can assume the same is true for demons, that there's different kinds of demons. Jesus, yep. Jesus says that when uh, the demons cast out of a person and he comes back to the house and he finds it empty, that he brings with him seven more demons, even more wicked than itself. So there's even degrees of wickedness in the yeah. demons. And, um, you know, so you, some get titles like the Prince of Persia. Yeah, right. And so that's an interesting that yeah. there seems to be, and this is more in the Old Testament conception, that there seems to be these fallen spiritual beings that there are some that are really well satan is called the prince of demons yeah. and so he has is and he you know if you take ezekiel 28 that he was the most glorious of the spiritual beings yeah um but then there's these other ones that seem to be like uh consigned to some sort of influence over a whole geopolitical state you know so Persia or Greece or yeah. these different places. And so mm-hmm. then it's like, well, how does how exactly does that work? What does that mean? And then how is that connected to those places, false worship, that they're offering sacrifices to, you know, Baal or Marduk or, you know, these other false gods and that there's a demon behind that. Yeah. And again, we don't get the mechanics of how all of that works. But, yeah. but to go back to that point, to engage in false worship is to enter yeah. into the realm of demons, you Idolatry, know, and, yeah. and to fellowship with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, what, what, what are some questions we should ask? How do we, how do we test the spirit? And what, what kind of biblical questions do we apply to say uh, that could be? That could be. We don't know with, for certainty, but that could be uh, satanic influence in our lives or even over, even over our, our culture, our nation. What are some of those questions we could be asking? Yeah, and the Bible does say that Satan has various schemes. So there's lots of different methods mm-hmm. that he uses to um, to do what he always does. So that's probably the best thing is to that's right. get back to what do we always see Satan and his demons trying what's his, to accomplish? What's his goal? What's his ultimate goal yeah. is to get you to doubt God, to get you off the path that leads to life, to get yeah. you to worship yourself, and to rebel against God, yeah. to... Yeah. Um, to to not give God the worship that he deserves. Yeah. And so all of this, whether that's, man, this this sickness has come on someone, that it's it's not just a sickness, but it's a sickness that's leading to their doubting God's goodness, mm. that's leading to them wondering if they're really saved, if they can really yeah. trust God. Um, there's some kind of uh, philosophy that somebody has bought into that is not leading them to greater Christ-likeness, but it's leading to... Uh, j- just the opposite, that yeah. it's it's d- demonic in its influence. I think there's a really interesting thing. Paul, in two places, talks about what he calls elemental principles or yeah. elemental spirits, and that's kind of a controversial uh, term that he uses. But what it seems like he's talking about is a uh, a spiritual influence in the world that often leads to legalism and, and mm. false worship. And so 
he seems to be connecting legalistic principles, and he's even talking about like Jewish legalism is actually having demo- a demonic aspect to it. Because what is legalism? It's it's denying the the grace of God, and it's saying that you can yeah. achieve your salvation on your own. So any of these things that kind of um, lead to us getting getting off the that's what James four says: mm. submit yourself to God and resist the devil. Yeah. So anything that's leading away from you submitting yourself to God, that's that's Satan. And I would think another, you know, one other interesting thing that we should especially pay attention to in the church is that Satan, so the whole book of Ephesians, right, it ends with this passage about spiritual warfare and putting on the armor of God. Uh, That's chapter six. Mm -hmm. Chapters one through five are all about unity in the church. Yeah. And so uh, if you want to identify Satan's work in the church, division, Yeah. anything that's leading to division, anything that's leading to you not loving and, and drawing closer and to your brothers and sisters with, in Christ yeah. and being at peace with each other. That's the devil. And those things that put a root of bitterness in our heart that would make us um, feel opposed to our brothers and sisters in Christ, that would even tempt us to um, to disparage or insult or scorn somebody that Christ died for, that's what Satan does. Yeah. Yeah, and we can do that so easily yeah. in, our, in our hearts, in our thoughts, in our social media. Yeah, and how we disparage other believers who uh, have a different feeling on cultural issues or political issues, and yeah. then we we start to attack um, that that can bring that can bring serious division mm-hmm. in, in the church, and that is exactly what Satan wants. Yeah, you, I mean, you bring that up. Uh, it, it, I I have wondered before when I see there's just this culture of online Christians that. You know, they they claim to be discerning the truth, and that's yeah. that's kind of their objective. Is they're yeah. just they're discernment trying, bloggers, yeah. um, and yet it is so divisive, and it is so uh, hateful, and yeah. it and it leads to it really comes with an attitude, even if it's not you know the person themselves, but it just promotes this mm-hmm. spirit of um, of hate towards other people in the church, other people yeah. that Christ died for, and I, and the thought has crossed my mind, and I you know I don't know we can take this out if this is mm-hmm. too speculative but i i have just wondered if there's not for for what looks like truth and that's the thing that satan masquerades as an angel of light yeah for what looks like a good holy endeavor yeah but it's actually working division into the church yeah i mean that actually i wouldn't be surprised if that didn't have satan behind it you do in the testing process we have to look at the fruit of yeah. an effort to discern and to decry this group or that group um, because a lot of these individuals, and we're painting with broad strokes here, will use Jesus fl- uh, flipping over the tables as an example for their their brash rhetoric um, toward other, other believers. Um, and there is a time to just call a spade a spade and yeah. just point point and, out And there is a need falsehood. for discernment, right? Yeah, right. So, so we're not saying anybody's not wrong. Yeah. We're actually talking about discerning whether somebody whose <laughs> discernment is is rooted in uh, the Holy Spirit and in in trying and seeking to produce peace and unity in the body of Christ and purity, um, or is it producing just more uh, division? And I think you you have to you have to look at the fruit. Jesus says, "We'll know them by their fruit." Right. So that includes the fruit of our 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 mouth, our thumbs, our tweets, our post. Um, look at the fruit uh, of that effort, and if it's uh, if it's not good fruit, then uh, then we do have 
to question. Yeah, and you look at you know the list of the fruit of the spirit in Galatians. Anything that's the opposite of that, that's not from. Yeah. But but also I think it's worth saying not every sin is from the devil, right? Like first yeah, yeah. first John says that there are things that come from the world and there are mm-hmm. things that come from the flesh. Yeah. And so uh, I think the devil just works with those things to produce those things. And yeah. so it's not enough to say like, oh, well, I got re- really angry about this. That must have been from... Oh, the devil made me do it. Right. Yeah. That, no, that, you know, that... Yeah. I used to think that uh, when I was younger, I remember, th- oh, the devil got me again today because I, I sinned or I did something. I, I bet you said that a wrong. lot. I did, <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, yeah. The devil, devil really had it out for me. Um, and... Uh, uh, yeah, we have to be careful just not, not to fall off either side of the horse where we think where we think too materialistically or too naturalistically in the, in the sense that there's no, there's no spiritual realm at all. We just, we, we can, we can live functionally like atheist right. and just we're in this, we're, we believe and, and we have our theology, but it's all, we, it's all nice and compartmentalized and we can un- understand it yeah. and we can explain it. Um, that's, that's the danger. Um, because that's just not reality, yeah, yeah, <laughs> as yeah. we as we uh, see uh, presented in the Bible. But then the other side is to is to say the devil made me do it. There's a demon behind every bush, right? And uh, and then to to live in fear, um, or to live um, to live too much in that other world. Um, like if you watch Stranger Things. Yeah. Be like living in the upside down. Yeah. Um, it's just not healthy for you. Right. No, the good things aren't gonna happen. Yeah. Uh, you need to live in you need to live in the, the real world. Yeah. But know that just like in Stranger Things, the upside down is trying to it's, it's affect coming us. in. Yeah. It's right. trying to get us. Yeah. You know, we uh with with one one other thing I cut out of the sermon was um there's there's two really helpful fictional th- works that oh, yeah. can Come help on. us think about demons. Uh, so one is The Screwtape Letters yep. by C.S. Lewis. Um, if you've never read The Screwtape Letters, it's it's really, really good. It's really more of an exploration of like our own weaknesses as humans and temptation. And yep. But but the point of the book is it's from the perspective of demons, demons that are yeah. trying to tempt uh, this guy from putting his faith in Jesus. And mm-hmm. so it goes into the, like really like the psychology of demons and how they're tempting us and what they're trying to do and all that. And it's fascinating. Um, the other approach is Tolkien Amen. and <laughs> the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And uh, because those are, I mean, in, you know, in the mythology of Tolkien, like Gandalf is actually a kind of spiritual being. Angelic being. Yeah, an angelic yeah. being. And then Sauron, the bad guy, yeah. is a demon. demon. Yeah. And in Tolkien, uh, he never, like Sauron exists Mordor is a place, um, the evil influences go out, but you never get the perspective of Sauron. You never mm-hmm. learn about what his motivations are. Yeah. You never, it is just enough for Tolkien to say there is an absolute evil that exists. Yeah. We're in a fight against him, but we don't need to think a lot about it. And so what's really funny is yeah. uh, Lewis dedicated the screw tape letters to Tolkien. So if you open up the dedication page of Screwtape to Letters get to the psychology to, to of Tolkien. Sauron. Yeah. yeah. Well, and Tolkien got really mad at Lewis oh, for dedicating that book to him of all books because he was like, what are you doing thinking about what yeah. demons should, you know, so I think the Bible takes more of a Tolkien approach to yep. evil. It's and there. De- it, we know it is. Yeah. It's it's very real. It's yep. very, very bad. We see its effects. But we don't need to get close to it. We don't need yeah. to, you know. It just needs to be resisted. We just need to, to trust the Frodo that walked into Mordor and destroyed 
the ring and we're good. Yeah, when you were preaching on Sunday, I couldn't help but think of uh, when Frodo puts on the ring, how he enters the spiritual yeah. realm mm-hmm. and how he, how he becomes, ironically, unseen. Yeah. And he then sees yeah. all that is unseen. Mm. If I could give a couple of resources uh, to further your study in this, one, one that I found really helpful is just a short, very short book in the Questions Christians Ask series called Did the Devil Make Me Do It? Question mark uh, by Mike McKinley. So it's just a good little biblical theology goes through all of that. Um, David, rec- or, sorry, Ryan recommended Ryan. a uh, book by David Pallison called Power Encounters that I didn't get to, and then the flood happened, right. and so I couldn't yeah. couldn't get and it. And the rains um, came down, but and that's supposed to be good. Up. But um, I uh, Grudem's systematic theology. He's got a whole chapter, a couple of chapters on angels mm-hmm. and demons that I thought was was pretty good. He he's a bit more into praying against demons than I would be, but his theology and that was, was really helpful. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I also liked the, uh, the Bible project videos Okay. on spiritual, spiritual beings. beings. That one, those ones yeah, were, those are interesting. We're pretty cool. We watched those with our family. Yeah. Just to kind of give like, yeah. I, I liked the way that they approached that as, um, don't think about this the way that you have maybe been trained to think about yeah. angels, you know, to think about the, the it kind of makes it more mysterious as as it like really is, Frank Peretti, not like Frank Peretti. Yeah, okay. we're not. No, so, uh, no, that's all fiction. Okay, just to just to be clear, those, those books are all fiction. fiction. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right. Well, this is this has been really helpful, Chase. Thanks you. Uh, thanks for your work on it. Um, and we'll uh, continue to press on through the Book of Matthew. If you guys have any questions for us, let us know at info at dscabq.com. and we'll keep going with these podcasts as as we can as we have opportunity uh, to do good uh, to all. And I pray that you guys would be, uh, be blessed by these. So uh, that's all for now, but let's keep spreading God's glory broader and deeper.